Hi, welcome to New Hope Community Church Online. The sermon you are about to hear was originally given by Pastor Chuck Wilson. New Hope Community Church, to know, to live, and to share Jesus Christ. The title for today is Hope and Healing for Our Hearts. Hope and Healing for Our Hearts, 1 Kings 18, 1-6. Interesting story today. First, I want to talk about food. Have you ever run out of food? You ever run out of food, like really run out of food? I once caused a restaurant to run out of food. It's true. Uh, it was, I, I just finished college, my four-year degree, and I was um, looking at going to a school called PCB. Anybody remember PCB? <laughs> Philadelphia College of the Bible? Uh, Gen Z, uh, but now it's called Cairn University. But I had a friend there who was uh, going to go into youth ministry. His name was Tom, Tommy. And uh, they all know who I, several people know who I'm talking about. And he said, why don't you, and he knew I was starting to be called into youth ministry. In fact, he was the one who got me going. And he said, why don't you come to PCB and visit me? He was finished going to some summer classes. He was graduating, and I was going to be going in the fall. Why don't you come, and we can hang out, and you can see the school. And so I said, okay. So I went to, uh, drove out, you know, from the farm to, to see Tom. And we are at PCB, and we decided to go to the Jersey Shore. Because uh, I'd never been there before. And he said, you got to see out the Jersey Shore. It's really great here. And I'd only seen the ocean in Florida and in California. Uh, and I always thought the ocean was okay. But it's nothing compared to Lake Ontario where I grew up. In fact, i got a picture just to, just to show you. The sunset on Lake Ontario every day. It's perfect, just like that, right? It's ever, yeah, it really is beautiful. We grew up real close to Lake Ontario. In fact, our farm used to be under Lake Ontario however many years ago. And uh, so, uh, and uh, you guys live on, you lived on the, the ridge. So Jen's visiting here. Uh, Paul, Paul and Ellie's mom, she lived on the ridge where the lake used to go up to. Her, her dad had a farm there. So that's, that's... The thing I always liked about the lake, and I didn't like about the ocean, is you couldn't drink the water in the ocean. It was, I could never get used to that. You know, you, you're in the fresh water, you could just drink it. Okay, that's good. Thanks, Mike. But anyway, he, Tom says, let's go see the Jersey Shore. It wasn't quite as pretty as that, but it was fun. We had a great time at the Jersey Shore. I can't remember which beach we went to, but I did know, I remember I drove my new car, my Dodge Duster, all right? Those who missed my last week's survey, you'll have to listen to that car story. But I, and it was automatic. It was definitely automatic, this car. Uh, we went swimming, had a great time. We got some pizza for lunch. We swam, swam, swam. We said, let's stay overnight. Let's stay overnight. It was, we were just whim kind of guys, you know. And I said, let's stay overnight. So we'll sleep in the car. But we were all covered with salt and sand. And I'm like, how are we going to get cleaned off? So we saw this swimming pool over a fence, uh, a hotel. So we, we jumped the fence, jumped in, jumped out, jumped the fence, went running down the boardwalk, you know. That's, so we were clean. We were clean. Everything was great now. But now we had to eat. And we were looking, we were just typical college guys, and we both had $5 left. $5 left. And what are we going to do? We got $5 a piece left. What are we, we going to eat? It's going to have to last us into tomorrow. And so, and through, you know, figure we head back around noon. So we're going to have to eat a lot. So we were trying to figure out what can we do with $5? How are we going to eat enough? And there was a sign. We just saw this sign. It was a sign from God. Big sign on the restaurant. All the spaghetti you could eat, $5. 
We're like, wow, perfect, perfect. So we go into this place. We go walking in. It's almost closing time. They're already shutting some lights off. They're putting chairs up. It's almost, they're almost closing. And we said, we're here for the spaghetti. And the waitress looked at us like, oh, no, you know? She, you know. She's cleaning up, right? She says, okay, all right. So we sit down. She brings us out this big bowl of spaghetti. We both get our own big bowl of spaghetti, Tommy and I. I call him Tom. It's Tom, Tommy and Chucky. Uh, some people still call us that. So anyway, uh, Tommy and I sit down. We're eating the spaghetti. We, we just devour it. We're so hungry, right? And, and we say, okay, we're ready for more. And the waitress, we're the only ones in there, right? And she's like, we're all out of spaghetti. We're, well, it's all you could eat. The sign says all you could eat, $5. We have our $5, you know? And she's all, all right, we're out of spaghetti um, how about some, uh, how about some linguine instead? I'm like, what's linguine? You know, I go, what's linguine? I, I, where we grew up, there were no Italian restaurants. There were no Italians, you know, at this time. Now there are, now there are, but there were no Italians. You know, all we knew was pizza and spaghetti, you know? Uh, the only thing I knew about Italians was, the, you know, the Godfather, you know? The, the, the Godfather, that's the only thing I knew about them, that if you got them mad, they gave you the evil eye, and, and, and then uh, it, it, they gave you the evil eye, and you better obey them or else. Now that I'm married to one, I know it's true. So, uh... So she says, linguine is just like spaghetti, only it's thinner. Did I get that right? Thinner, right? Uh, and I said, uh, thicker, thicker, thicker. Oh, thank you. See, I said, I don't even remember all these eenies and eaties. I can't keep them all straight. So anyway, the, so the, the, it was thicker, a little thicker. And so I said, okay, we'll try it. So she brings us this linguine out. And, and we ate it up, and it was great. Yeah, it tastes just like spaghetti. Okay, we're ready for more. And she's like, she goes, I'm... Guys, it's past closing time. You know, they literally had their sign cl- turned around and they were shutting all the lights off about one. And, and I'm like, hey, the sign says all you can eat spaghetti and we can eat some more. You know, we were like, come on, we're really hungry. He says, okay, I'm out of spaghetti. We used up all the linguine because it's closing time. How about some fettuccine? I go, what's fettuccine, you know? And she goes, it tastes just like spaghetti, only it's a lot thicker. I got that right. I got that one right. Thank you, thank you, thank you. The eenies, eenies, I can't keep them straight. So, I, uh, so, so she's, okay, okay, we'll try it. So she brings us out a big bowl of fettuccine, and we ate it all up. You know, and she comes back out ready with the check. I'm like, oh, no, no, we're still hungry. We like this fettuccine. Give us some more. She's like... She's like, listen, guys, it's closed. We're closed, and and we're you, we're using up all that we have here, and and I already used up the spaghetti and the linguine and the fettuccine. I go, oh. she goes, how about some tortellini? I go, what's tortellini? And she goes, she goes, well, it's kind of round. It's like a inner tube, but it's stuffed. It tastes just like spaghetti, but it's stuffed with cheese. I go. Sounds good. So she brought us out a big plate of tortellini. First time we ever had that. We were eating it up. You know, this is really good tortellini. It's still my, one of my favorites now. Uh, so we get it done, and now, now it's really late. Every light is out but one. You, you know, it's, she, comes, she comes out. I just remember she came out real careful, tiptoeing out. And she goes, uh, boys, we're out of spaghetti and linguine and fettuccine and tortellini. And we said, that's okay, we're full. Yeah, so she was like, oh, she was like so happy. We got out of there. We figured out later that for five dollars we ate thirty dollars worth of food apiece because we looked at the menu as we're eating this and we're like, this is great. For ten dollars we ate sixty dollars worth of food. Thirty-five years ago that was a lot of money. Believe me, I, now you don't think anything of that, but it was a lot of money. Uh, so the restaurant was all out of pasta, 
but there was all out of food, but the, and we left, but there was still lots of food. If we had the money, we could have gone out. There's lots of restaurants. There's lots of food. We didn't really eat up all the food. There's still a lot at this beach town. But we're going to see a story today in the Bible where they really did run out of food. We're looking at the famine that Elijah predicted, that he prophesied about, remember? We've been going through the story of Elijah here. And many people were literally starving to death. They're dying. Remember we talked about the widow and her son? They were down to their last meal. They were just ready. They were resigned to starving to death. They're going to die, right? Remember we talked about that? They, people were literally starving to death, dying. But you're going to be shocked at what the government's response. Well, maybe you won't be shocked. You'll be shocked at what the king's response is to this crisis. It's one of the most shocking stories in the Bible. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the worship today, the reminder of your grace the reminder of the power of your son, Jesus Christ, in our life. We thank you for the testimony that we heard about that power. Lord, we just pray now that your spirit would speak to us. We're here for a reason. Every one of us is here for a reason. You have something you want to do in and through us. We pray for your mercy and grace to do that through your spirit speaking. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, let's read. Um, we're going to do the first six verses today. Come back next week for the next part two. Verse one. After a long time in the third year, the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Go and present yourself to Ahab and I will send rain on the land. So Elijah went to present himself to Ahab. Now the famine was severe in Samaria and Ahab had summoned Obadiah who was in charge of his palace... Obadiah was a devout believer in the Lord. While Jezebel was killing off the Lord's prophets, Obadiah had taken a hundred prophets and hidden them in two caves, fifty in each, and had supplied them with food and water. Ahab had said to Obadiah, Go through the land to all the springs and valleys. Maybe we can find some grass to keep the horses and mules alive so we will not have to kill any of our animals. So they divided the land they were to cover, Ahab going in one direction and Obadiah in another. Anybody surprised by that? There's a national crisis, a severe famine. The country is starving to death and Ahab is out, the king Ahab is out looking for grass for his horses and mules. Now, for those who aren't from farms, mules are a cross between a horse and a donkey. That's a cross between a horse and a donkey. And uh, when you get this new creation, this mule, it's, uh, the, the boys are sterile. They can't reproduce. And most of the females are also sterile. It's very, very rare. Every once in a while, there will be a, a female mule that could, could have a baby. But uh, they're... they're but the reason they do this, the reason they create them is because they're tough. Mules are really tough. All right? They can go a long way. And so there's he's out looking for, the king's out looking for grass for the horses and mules, which are crossed with a donkey. Uh, if you look at the King James Version, they use a different word for donkey, and that's probably a good description of Ahab here. All right? Because that's what he was. Uh, <laughs> It's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. All right. It's unbelievable. It would be like a hurricane, a horrible hurricane wiping out the state of Florida. 
And the president uh, gets into a jet, flies down and plays around the golf in Florida, you know, uh, ignoring the needs of the people. That, that's what it would be like. It would be unthinkable, you know. No president in, our, in the U.S. would get away with that, right? But that's, that's what it would be like. Human beings are starving to death, and this guy only cares about horses. Yeah, well, we'll get to that in a minute. We'll connect some dots in a minute. He is, that's a real good, uh, well, well, we're going to stick to the USA today, all right? Uh, he should have been doing what with those horses and mules? Butchering them, all right? He should have been butchering his, his, his horses and mules and feeding the people. They're starving to death, right? That's what he should have been in. Who could do such a thing? Who would do such a thing like this? Who would heartlessly, cruelly ignore human lives while valuing animals' lives? Who would do that? Well, if you follow the news, you know it's actually happening in the United States today. New York just passed this law that's open season on babies. That a baby could be killed with one second before its birth and could still be executed, murdered. They just passed this law. And the whole time, I don't know if you've been following the, the news, though, on the other side of the news, they're aggressively passing a new law to protect the pets of New York City. And they want to make sure no pet is ever abused or, or mistreated. And I'm all for that. You know that. But, but, but they're, they're, they're passing these stringent laws that people in New York can't do anything bad ever to an animal. Meanwhile, they're killing babies. It's crazy, isn't it? Is it I mean, is that, is that insanity? How could they be so blind, so wicked, so worse than Nazis? This is worse than the Nazis ever did. If you're a history person, you know what I'm talking about. The answer for this, how they could be like this, is found with King Ahab. He's desperately seeking for grass. But what should he be desperately seeking for? God. He should desperately be seeking God and trying to save his people. And instead, he's doing just the opposite. He's desperate for grass. Just like a lot of the people in New York City who have all these new laws, they're desperate for grass. Right? Not this kind of grass. Instead of seeking God and seeking the people's good, he's ignoring the people's needs and he's fighting God. He's, he's actually killing the prophets. His wife Jezebel is killing God's prophets. And Ahab's actions expose what's in his heart. It exposes what's in his heart. Just as we are seeing hearts exposed in the United States today. We're seeing them exposed. The New York City, this whole thing with Cuomo and New York and the law, was quickly followed by another governor of Virginia saying it's okay to kill live babies after they're born. Are you following this? Are we reliving Nazi Germany? It's okay to kill a baby after it's born. In fact, there's even people now making the argument that these neonates, they call them neonates, not babies once they're born, because if you name them something different, a fetus, a neonate, it's not so bad killing them. You're not killing a person. That these neonates, parents should have longer time, a couple days, a week, a month even. And they're, these are 
educated PhD people making these arguments. Google it. I'm not making this up. And they're serious about it. But this governor says it's okay to kill live baby, a baby who's already born. That's the real goal. The real goal. And it's already happening. If you've watched the Gosnell movie, or if you've read the book, it's already happening. All over the country. It wasn't just in Philadelphia with this wacko doctor. It's happening everywhere. And it's been happening for years. It's happening. Hearts are being exposed. God is using the abortion issue to separate the sheep from the goats. The sheep from the goats. He's using it. And nothing exposes the heart more than abortion. Nothing. It's the ultimate evil of the unregenerate hearts. And even for Christians. I run into people who claim they're Christians. And they just don't really care about abortion. It's no big deal. No big deal. And when they tell me that, they have just exposed something to me. They've just told me that they are worldly, carnal Christians. That they've been conformed to the world when they tell me that. And there's pastors. I know lots of pastors like this. They just won't talk about it. They've just exposed their heart to me. That they don't have God's heart. And now I want to say this about abortion. Because I know a lot of us have gone through it. Dads and moms and grandparents. And we've, a lot of us have been through this. God's grace. The same grace we sang about. The same grace that we just heard testified about. Grace is there. If you've ever been involved in abortion, you, you, we feel the conviction from God. We confess it. We get our healing and we move forward. God can forgive anything, even abortion. God's grace is there. And we have plenty of people here who minister to all kinds of people going through the healing, going through different parts of abortion. So I want to stress that. Whenever I talk about it, this isn't the dig up old history that you've already repented of and, and move forward. And, and, and so that's not what the purpose is. Once the conviction is acted on, we're done. Don't listen to the accusation. And if you haven't got your healing, talk to me, talk to Kim. We'll connect you with someone or some ministry that will help you because every one of us can get our healing for this. But back to Ahab and his heart of darkness. You would think he would repent, wouldn't you? He was warned by Ahab, uh, Elijah. He's war- Ahab is warned by Elijah. They've gone through three years of severe drought. You think he would be repentive, right? You think he'd be trying to find Elijah and say, Elijah, I'm sorry. Tell God I'm sorry, right? No, he's trying to find Elijah to kill him, which we're going to see next week. He's trying to find him and kill him. You would think that he'd be repentive. But here's the thing that this teaches us is that God's judgments only harden the hearts of the wicked. They expose the wicked heart even more. That's what God's judgments do with the wicked. The, the, the Christians who are soft, have the Holy Spirit, and are soft to the things of God, who aren't carnal or worldly, we see the judgments and we respond. We see God discipline in our life and we respond. We see God's judgment in our country and we're, we're, we want to respond. But the wicked only get harder. Ahab is proof of this. There's another proof in Revelation. In Revelation, the ultimate proof of this, in Revelation 16, we have 
the seven bowls of God's wrath in the end before Jesus comes again. He's going to let the earth really have it. And just listen to this. Listen to the people's response and connect the dots to Ahab here, okay? Verse 1, Then I heard a loud voice from the temple saying to the seven angels, Go pour out the seven bowls of God's wrath on the earth. The first angel went and poured out his bowl on the land, and ugly and painful sores broke out on the people who had the mark of the beast and worshipped his image. The second angel poured out his bowl on the sea, and it turned into blood like that of a dead man, and every living thing in the sea died. The third angel poured out his bowl on the rivers and springs of water, and they became blood. Then I heard the angel in charge of the waters say, You are just in these judgments. You who are and who were the Holy One, because you have so judged. For they have shed the blood of your saints and prophets, and you have given them blood to drink as they deserve. And I heard the altar respond, Yes, Lord God Almighty, true and just are your judgments. The fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun, and the sun was given the power to scorch people with fire. They were seared by the intense heat, and they cursed the name of God, who had control over these plagues, but they refused to repent and glorify him. The fifth angel poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast. Uh, and his kingdom was plunged into darkness. Men gnawed their tongues in agony and cursed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores, but they refused to repent of what they had done. Unbelievable. We will see this soon, depending on when the rapture happens. <laughs> uh, we, we, the signs are already there, aren't they? We see it in our country, God's judgment and the way people are responding. First, what's, I used to think, how, as I read through Revelation, how could people, these things happen to the earth and people, first of all, they don't connect it to God. Later on they do, but first they didn't connect it to God. What are they things happening? And now we know all about climate change. Anything that happens isn't the finger of God. It's climate change. Everything that anything you can imagine is climate change, right? And that's what they're going to say. When all this starts happening, it's going to be climate change in the book of Revelation when it starts to happen. And then when it's impossible to miss God's hand, to miss what God is really doing, impossible to miss that God is doing this, look what happened in Revelation. What did they do? They, yes, curse God. They curse God. They, 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 they're defiant to God. And we see this in individuals all over our country now, don't we? We're seeing it. We see it in our nation all around us. Anything but turn to God. Anything but repent. Do you remember 9-11? When those, the World Trade Centers came down? When the Pentagon was hit? And I said it then. This is God's warning. God is warning the United States that judgment is coming if we don't repent. He's warning us. And how did the country respond? Everybody flocked to churches, lasted about two or three months. And everybody sang, God bless America. 
but there was no repentance. And do we need any more proof that there's been no repentance? They rebuilt the tower. They rebuilt the Tower of Babel. And just recently, it was bathed in pink. Did you follow it? After they passed that abortion law saying a woman, doesn't matter what the Supreme Court does, in New York it will always be okay to kill a baby up to the second before it's born. born. And to celebrate that law, they, they lit up the, the, the new World Trade Tower there in pink. What are they celebrating? Pink? It was bathed in the blood of millions of babies. Romans 3 exposes the reason for this. Romans 3 exposes what's really in all of our hearts, every one of us, apart from God's grace. Romans 3. In Romans 3 it says, verse 10, remembering everything I'm just saying, right? As it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands No one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. Their throats are open graves. Their tongues practice deceit. The poison of vipers is on their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Ruin and misery mark their ways, and the way of peace they do not know. There is no fear of God before their eyes. There is no one righteous. No one, not not even one. It just describes every one of us apart from Jesus Christ. Before we come to Christ, that is every one of us. We have no human hope. Romans 3.23, a few verses down, says, For all have sinned and fall short of God's glory. There is no human hope. We are completely, eternally cut off from God. Completely, eternally cut off from God. Every one of us. Our only hope is individuals And as a nation, let's read on verse 23 again. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And here we go. And are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. I'm going to read this again. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that gained by Christ Jesus. God presented him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the one and only Son of God, died on a cross in our place for our sin so that we could have what? Atonement. You know, the word atonement's not in the original. Greek. The word atonement, it, it's a tricky word to translate into English. 
um, it's usually translated reconcile. When it's a verb, you say reconcile. It means you, you bring someone who's enemy, the enemies together. And we're God's enemies. So somehow Jesus has reconciled. But when Tyndale was translating the Bible into English, he couldn't really come up with the noun form of it, the result of reconciliation. So he took three words and combined them. At one meant. And we call it atonement today. But it's at one meant. That's what Jesus did for us. We're eternally separated from God, hopelessly separated from God. But Jesus, by dying for us, made us at one with God again. That's what atonement means. It means we're at one with God again. He, that's, what he, that's what he did with us. And now we have hope because we can be redeemed. Look what it says. We're redeemed. We can be justified. What does the word justified mean? Just as if I never sinned. Just as if we've never sinned. That's what Jesus did for us. How? By the blood of Jesus Christ. Look what it says. By the blood of Jesus Christ. And it's free. We can't earn it. Freely by his grace. Free. Through faith. Through faith. This is the only way to get this. By receiving it by faith. It's all grace and faith. Maybe you've walked in here today. And you've never put your faith in Jesus. Maybe you've walked in today and you've walked in with a heart of darkness. A heart of sin. A heart of wickedness. You've walked in with shame. With no hope. Well, you're in the right place. That's what we all started out like. We were all the walking dead. But you, don't, you can walk out today completely forgiven justify, just as if you've never done anything wrong before, with a heart full of hope, at one with God as your Father. At one. But it's not something you can earn. It's only something you can beg for. You can't do one thing to get this, except hold out your hands and take it. Freely by his grace, by putting your faith in the blood of Jesus Christ. Faith in the blood of Jesus. Let's pray. Have you ever put your faith in the blood of Jesus? Have you ever become one with God again? Would you like to walk out of here justified, just as if you've never sinned, never done anything wrong in God's sight? You can have this for free because it's already been paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ the only Son of God who died in our place. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son 
that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. You can put your faith in Jesus right now. You can become a brand new person right now. You can get a brand new heart this very second. No matter what you've done, no matter what shame you've carried in, no matter how bad you've been, anybody can receive this gift by putting their faith in Jesus. If you've never done that, I want to encourage you to do it right now. There's no religious ritual. There's no religious rite. It's a simple prayer of faith. Just say in your heart, God, I, I repent. I want to walk away from my old life, from all the garbage, from all the shame, from every sin I've ever committed against you and against others. Please forgive me. I'm putting my faith in your son Jesus. I'm putting my faith in the blood of Jesus Christ. I give my life to you, God. If you have prayed that prayer, the moment, the instant, the second you prayed that, you became a brand new person. Your life will never be the same. It must never be the same. You now are at one with God as your Father. Your life will never be the same. I want to encourage you, if you have prayed that prayer of faith, to tell somebody before you leave today. Maybe you're here with a family member or a friend. Grab me on the way out. Felt the card stick in the box. Tell somebody today. Because we're going to be so excited and encourage you in your new life. While we're still praying for those who are already Christians, how is the Holy Spirit speaking to us? Maybe we've been conformed to the world. Instead of being at one with God, we've been conformed to the world in some way. We've bought these, the world's attitudes we bought the world's lies in some way. And instead of being at one with our Heavenly Father, we have started to become conformed to the world. But today, our prayer is, God, I repent of that. Please transform me. I don't want to be a conformer. I want to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. Maybe here today in your heart, you, you have Jesus in your heart, but your heart isn't fully healed. You've never really surrendered. Or, or maybe you've been convicted of something, and you've, you've prayed about it, but you still feel accusation coming. That's not from the Holy Spirit, by the way. 
but you're still feeling accusation after, or after praying and releasing something, surrendering something. Maybe it's even keeping you from that at one minute with God. Something's in the way. I want to encourage you to pray right now in this prayer time to say, God, whatever is getting in between us, please heal it. Please remove it. You might need to talk to somebody. We have these phenomenal books out there. Search for Significance and The Victory Over Darkness. And we've got so many people here have been through struggles and and God is helping us take steps of faith forward. You just might need to talk to somebody. If you need help finding someone with a struggle you're having moving forward, talk to me and I'll connect you with someone. I don't need to know anything. I'll, I'll connect you. I'll get you connected. Maybe a Christian counselor will get you connected to get your. But I want to encourage every person here: get your healing. Father, we pray that nothing would come between us and you. That we would experience true atonement, just as we've already are positionally have the atonement, Lord. That we would experience it. Every day that at one meant with you, Father. I pray that your spirit would just move through hearts and complete what you started today. In Jesus' name, amen.